0: What's going on everybody? Welcome on in to episode 8 of the Voice of the Land podcast. I am Kevin Arnold. Alongside me as always my brother Nick Paulus. We are the Voice of the Land podcast. You guys can always follow us on Twitter at VTL
1: underscore pod. Do we have a Facebook page yet? Uh, no, not yet, and you know we're still kind of rolling off. Still, still in the works.
0: Still in the works, but you can always find now. You can actually find our podcast on Anchor. If you download the Anchor app and search for the Voice of the Land podcast, you can find us on there. We found that that was a very a nice, easy way to get things going and free and free. <laughs> free is always great. Now, is this free with a catch or free, free? I'm hoping free, free. <laughs> like, like, have you seen those TV commercials oh, that yeah. where all they say to each other is free? Free free free, free 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 right no I'm I, not I gonna mention
1: the the ad. I'm not gonna mention the company because because no we're free not ads. paid for it so <laughs> um no I, I think it is free free so uh you know everything that I read up on it we should be good to go yeah how's your how's your week been man uh it's been pretty good uh you know just you know rolling through the days you know it's finally Friday so we'll kind of you know see how everything goes from there. Yeah. My, How about you? It's
0: been, it's been a busy week, you know, just trying to get things done. Been applying to a few jobs, working on that when I have time off from work. And then when I'm at work, then I'm focused on that. I try to put 100% into anything I'm doing. Like I'm putting 100% into this podcast right now. I'm trying to give you my best. Um, and everybody that listens out there, trying to give you my best out there. I And actually this week, I think I've been more calm because I took a social media hiatus I'm about to break that if I want to promote this podcast. Once we get it, sabbatical for you. <laughs> yeah, I took a little sabbatical. It's been nice. I, it's been tough not to. I've actually forced myself not to even touch, not even to go close to touching the app on my phone. Now there's been a couple of people that have sent me messages on there, and I've kind of gone into there. Yeah, and but you're not like like I'm not physically
1: going, on the app and going right, crazy. On right, the like I, like
0: as soon as I'm done responding to the person, if I need to. Back off! I'm not even looking at anybody's posts. I'm not on there on Facebook, knowing what's going on in all my friends and family's world. I don't know what's going on in the Twitter world. That's why I got the Bleacher Report apps. That's why I got the ESPN apps. Notifications come right to your phone. Right. I get all the breaking news when I when I need it. You know. So I don't need any of that. But. This morning, and we have a rant of the week coming up. And we're going to talk. We're going to talk. Seth, Seth Wickersham, ESPN.com writer. We're going to talk the, about the Browns. That story that came out yesterday. We're going to talk about the games from last Sunday. Brief preview of the games coming up. And we have a rant of the week coming up. I'm going to start with the rant, but it's not really my rant of the week. It's, it's, it's just, a mini rant. It, it's it's a mini rant. It's more of like a confused. Okay. I was driving to work this morning, and you know the baby shark song. Yeah. Yeah. They, baby they, shark. Yeah. Okay. Doo 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 okay. Baby. Yeah. We just say you know it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no. I got you. I got you. <laughs> oh, didn't you didn't sing. want me to sing it. No, oh, I didn't. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you have a great voice. I just, <laughs> but I was listening to the radio and they they put the song on. Oof. And I've I've kind of noticed that it's become a a phenomenon, especially. I mean, I'm sure for kids of and course. stuff. Of
1: course. Yeah, kids. I mean, little kids are going crazy on it. But yeah. I want
0: to know why end of 2018 into 2019, baby shark is a big thing. When I worked summer camps growing up, and we did the Baby Shark song for the kids, and they all loved it. Like, I mean, there's different variations, but why was is this, it big now?
1: Was it this past year that you were doing it, or no? Was it, it was like I haven't a couple the, years ago.
0: Okay, I when I was when I went to Cleveland State, I did. We had a at the rec center. We had. I mean I don't know how much I can say about this but sure why not yeah why not um I worked at the rec center and we had a summer camp and I did that for three or four years and we we always had to do campfire songs there was some week we had like theme weeks we had 10 weeks we had a theme week and somehow there was always to kind of get the kids in each week we did some campfire songs and that was a big one with baby shark so I thought that it was always known why is it big now?
1: no idea, honestly. Have you, have you, have you noticed how big this that song's become? That's oh, that I mean, that song's huge. It's been like, huge right, for like, for months. I right, mean, but it, like like the
0: fad, like right now. Even though for years I'd known about, it and I did it. Like it's been three years since I did that summer camp.
1: That's pretty weird. I, I never knew that. Like, I had no idea about this song really? until my wife brought it up to me, probably back in October. Okay. So, I mean, I've known about it for a couple months now. You knowing about it for three years—that's a little crazy. Yeah, I don't.
0: I don't understand why it became big now when it's always something I did for, you know, like youth. Development, I guess you could say, is, is a summer camp. I don't know the best way to describe every what I was doing. Every once in a
1: while, whenever like a new album comes out, you know, you'll hear at least for the the stations that I listen to, yeah, they'll play some of the new music, but they're not exactly sure if it's going to be a hit or not. So they'll play you a couple of the new songs, and then they'll kind of pick and choose, and then whatever you know starts picking yeah. up tread, then they'll do that. So every once in a while, there's the song. It's uh, by Dan and Shay called speechless it just came out probably i think it was back in may it was right before my wedding and i heard the song and i was like man that that's a really good you know wedding Mm -hmm. song and i told my wife about it and she's like no one knows it i don't really know it let's just stick with the song that we have anyways getting getting to the (laughs) getting to the speechless part I heard Speechless back in May, and it never picked up any traction. I heard it the one time, mm-hmm. and then it started becoming extremely popular in October and November. So that's kind of what I thought about, like, Baby Shark. Maybe it's picking up traction now, but you're saying three years. It's been yeah. multiple years. Because it That's was, pretty crazy.
0: You know those, as a kid, like those callback songs, like you say something and I have to repeat it, or like you, you big director says something and okay. the whole group repeats it those campfire songs basically yeah. i'm wondering how it'd be how it went from being a campfire song or a, a summer camp song where you know you got like motions you got the baby sharky you, you got like the little like clapping thing and right. grandma grandma shark is you know you kind of put your knuckles together it's not really a, I, again this isn't a rant it's just i'm just confused sometimes by where what happens in society this society it's a crazy place man <laughs> it's,
1: it's crazy so are you – what? what's the rant then? Is the rant that you heard Baby Shark or the rant the that – The rant is I don't get why people think that
0: it's a big deal now. I don't understand why it's – You were just ahead of the curve. That's all. But it, Three I years I ago. I didn't think I was. Like, when I did the, the summer camp and they showed us, like, they said, okay, well, you have to go research summer camp songs or campfire songs to do with the kids at times. And someone started – we had a meeting and we went through this training and people – displayed you know their it, thing. And it the first one was always Baby Shark. And the first time I heard it, I was like, What is this? And they're like, You don't know Baby Shark? You never went to summer camps? I was like, No. I've never yeah. worked to summer camp. So this is this is a thing that's been you around know. what for It kinda
1: reminds me of it reminds me of Bob Ross paintings. Yeah. Bob Ross paintings you know, yeah, back was... in the nineties, two thousand, yeah, whatever. And then they it was. came back. And then they came back so out I guess of like nowhere. Is it that's one of those fashion? Maybe Baby, Baby Shark is the Bob Ross
0: of of music, yeah, is it one of those fashion fads like Maybe. where like you know you always see like things from the 80s are coming back now, or things from the 90s could be making a comeback? I watched.
1: It's the, a good possibility.
0: You know, something needs to come back before we get into sports. What's that? I watched the show on Practical Jokers, and there was this. I love that show. Oh, I love that. Sh- <laughs> Such a great show. There was an episode, I think it was past season, where uh, they were trying to get like the fish hook at the mall. Uh, one guy's up top with a fish hook trying, and the other guy's down down low, distracting people. Uh-huh. Having him having them take a picture of them, and you try like hook on this big fishing hook, yeah. Try to steal their stuff. And instead of doing that, Q Brian mm-hmm. Quinn, he's up top and he's like, you know what, needs to come back. Cargo pants. He's like, somewhere in this mall, there's gotta be cargo pants. And he goes, he goes, he leaves Sal Sal Volcano, and he he goes to find he goes to Old Navy to find cargo pants. Dude, I got a pair of cargo pants. Like, I I need I need cargo shorts and cargo pants to be considered good again. I will still wear them, but. I don't know about car- like I got cargo shorts.
1: I, lo- yeah. I love those. Love those things. I don't know.
0: people when it, During the summertime, people say that you're not supposed to wear them anymore, but I don't care. It's, Who cares? They're useful. They're so useful. It's so useful. <laughs> <laughs> that ends the non-sports portion of our podcast. We like to have a little bit of fun here. But getting into the crux of what we really want to talk about today. Yesterday, I'm sure everybody saw it or heard about it, at least if you haven't, Seth Wickersham, senior writer for ESPN.com. I think ESPN the Magazine as well, wrote an article rehashing everything that's going on for the Browns, the dysfunction of the Cleveland Browns under Jim, Jimmy Haslam, kind of each storyline, each regime, how it transpired, what happened. I know you saw the story. Have you read the whole story? Oh, yeah. Okay. I read the whole story, too. I was talking to a couple of people yesterday that didn't even read the whole thing because they got so frustrated
1: from the beginning. I loved every second of of reading that story. We're gonna disagree and, here, well, it, and the reason why I loved it, I mean, it was so in depth and yeah. so, of course, does it make me want to throw? I was reading on my phone. Did it make me want to chuck my phone across the room? Absolutely. But I had it was it was actually a fun read for me. It was a fun read for me. I I enjoyed reading all you know all about the craziness that is Jimmy Haslam and mm-hmm. everything in that inside that Browns facility. It made me feel better. About the situation that we're in right now, I think that's why I loved it because I know that we got John Dorsey at the helm now, and mm. we got Baker Mayfield and Jimmy and D are taking a seat back. That's why I loved it. See,
0: I didn't, and it's not because of the things that were written in the story because we basically knew all of it. Oh, it we, a,
1: we knew were, everything, but the whole Hugh Jackson get it, the you know it, what get, <laughs> get that f office. out of my office, dude. You were just fired. I I wanted John Dorsey to be like. This isn't your office anymore, buddy boy. That's all I wanted to hear. But yeah. unfortunately we didn't see
0: that. I mean, I guess technically we could say what he said, but we like to be. We're
1: we're we're we pretty ha- uh Yeah. We're, we're conservative whenever it comes to that on this
0: podcast. There's people that listen to this podcast that could have other people listen to this podcast that we want to be good good role models out there. We want to practice good habits at all times. I guess he was just he's Hugh Jackson in that whole moment was just so cocky. And when he you could just tell that when he went on his His media tour going on first take and undisputed and doing the car washes basically and just not really willing to take any responsibility for me the article it didn't upset me reading the things i learned a couple new details that hugh jackson was not the favorite to to get that job most of that regime they voted four to one and the one was jimmy haslam four were for sean mcdermott now, I don't know that I would take, based on what we saw from Sean... I mean,
1: I would take Sean over Hugh any day of the week. In, in hindsight. In in, in hindsight, hindsight,
0: yes, but I still wouldn't take McDermott at all either. You know, what we saw is him being yep. a head coach as well. I mean,
1: he's still with Buffalo right now, right? Still with Buffalo. I mean, he did get Buffalo to the playoffs last year, you know, what is it, two seasons ago now.
0: Yeah. but So early success, but not... Not a lot of substance there. So he's on the hot seat for sure right now. Right. So the fact that it came down to those two names shows you that did they even really have a hot name at that time? Different discussion for a different day. I got upset because why is this? Why do we need this now? I would have been more receptive to an article like this. And trust me, Wickersham did a great job. It was a great article, a lot to read, maybe a little too much. It, was it, it depends on preference, on how much you like to read and stuff. I kind of like to have an article that I can just kind of get through. still has a lot of detail, but I can get through. That's more preference. But I would have been more receptive to it if it was last year. This time last year. I, the only thing that that was in that article that we didn't know was the whole Hugh Jackson stuff. Everything else, if you did your digging, and I'm sure he did a digging for more than a year. Yeah. This To have that long of an article that detailed especially of the regime's even past. at least months, months. But you you go through this whole process and I would have been again more receptive to it last year. And at the end, even his spots on ESPN yesterday when he was talking about the article, there's no concession to to the medium. He's still saying that we don't know that the Browns could can be good. Too many people are saying we know the Browns are going to be good. There's still some unknown. That's where, where I'll give Rick Wickersham some credit. We don't know about Freddie. Are we excited about Freddie? Are we hopeful about Freddie? Absolutely. But if you can tell me right now, if you can look me in my eye, Nick, and tell me you know for a fact, a hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent, that Freddie Kitchens is going to be a great head coach in the NFL, do that right now. I can't. You can't, right? I can't. So, but
1: you can't with any coach, really, right. Without a hundred percent, you know, worth of you know. Look at Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's perfect example. Yeah. He starts off his NFL ho- head coaching career with the Patriots and bombed out. Then he goes to USC. He has to bring up his, you know, he has to bring back his reputation. And then he goes to the Seahawks and then starts winning again. But yeah. you had no idea him going to USC. There was no, there was no sure thing about that. Bill Belichick, perfect example, goes, you know, as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Then you know they move to Baltimore. They let him go. Baltimore lets him go. Let's be mm-hmm. let's be sure of that. Baltimore lets it go. Then he goes back with Bill Parcells. You know, starts working with the Jets. Everyone, you know, you know, goes from there. Gets hired as the Jets head coach for one day. Resigns. Then takes over the Patriots job. That wasn't a sure thing either. Right. But twenty years later, he has five Super Bowls going for number six.
0: Right. So we it, there is some unknown. So people going too far to the extreme saying that, oh, the Browns are there, They're, they've are they made it. You can't say that yet. We are the voice of reason, the voice of the land. We are going to try to stay as middle ground as possible to see what is real and what isn't. But he's too far on the other side. Still saying that, oh, well, I, and yes, Jimmy has them still in charge, but if you can't at least admit that you see the potential for this team, then you're not being necessarily the journalist that you should be we've seen it from espn this need to we talked about it with colin cowherd last week on, on fox but even in on espn and nationally this narrative to generate the cleveland sad sack cleveland we are trying to help change that narrative there's nothing going on in sports this article comes out. There's been a lot of good stuff kind of said, a lot of positive things transitioning for the Browns right now in terms of how people talk about them. Then this story drops, and you're trying to drum up by saying, well, we still don't know if they can be good. We don't know if they'll develop Baker Mayfield the right way. You're drumming this up now when you know that this story is going to get a lot of run nationally. We know in Cleveland everything that went on. This story was for the national perspective. We all, From all we've seen, National perspective, sad, sad Cleveland. I think it's to drum it up. Is that fair of me to claim that against Rickersham? Maybe not,
1: but credibility-wise, that's what we've seen. Right. The thing about everything that you're saying, I, I 100% get where you're coming from. The reason why they released it now is because in six months, they can't do this. They won't be able to post this. We have another great draft. Or a, a year from now, there's no way in hell they can post this story. So if Wickersham doesn't post it now, he'll never get the opportunity to, is the way that I'm looking at it. He spent months, you and I just right. discussed, it's been months that he's been working on this story. He was probably banking on us going 3-13 and 13 again. He's probably one of the people that probably projected 1-15. Exactly. So he... Is expecting us to do this that way, all of this (laughs) exactly and all of this stuff would sound a lot better coming out then. But we're seven, eight, and one, we're on the upswing. Everyone sees Baker's potential, they think that he's either going to be the rookie of the year or uh, he's at least a rookie of the year candidate. So, I think the whole Wickersham bomb that came out, it was necessary for it to happen right now because he'll never get the opportunity to do it after this point. If we go if we go ten and six and get into the playoffs, right? Can you really post the story? No. Unless you have it at a certain point in the story where they're like, the turning point was Baker. And then you go half the story was what Wickersham's piece was. And then the other half of the story is Baker Mayfield and John Dorsey saved the Browns. And he only had probably, what, three paragraphs in that whole thing basically saying that John Dorsey and Baker Mayfield were the key cogs to get this thing rolling.
0: Right. And just reading it, I didn't get that sense. It was more all his spots talking about ESPN, even calling in to the local radio stations to talk about the article. When local guys here would try to press them on the fact well can you at least see the what's going on and then being connected with the browns i'm sure you had to get permission with them this is kind of how they ask the question talking with the browns do you have you kind of gotten the sense of what's going on the the culture change that they're trying to generate the potential for that do you see that when they would press them on that issue i don't need him to say that oh the browns are going to be great i can't say that either like like we said we're hopeful 10 and 6 would be great the Expectations should be make the playoffs next year, and if they don't, we will call them on it. We will discuss why that happened the way it did, and call out who we need to call out for that. But when they pressed him on that issue, he was very combative with that and not yes, wanting like, and wanting to again wanting to generate this this narrative. And but that's
1: the narrative he's trying to paint. He was once again he's expecting the Browns were going to go three and thirteen. Right. His months leading into this, I guarantee you, he probably started this thing in August or September, right as the season started. He was getting all of this information, and yeah. he probably finished up his research of the whole thing probably in November. And they weren't doing so hot at the beginning of November. His first story, his first paragraph, was all about the firing of Hugh Jackson. Yeah. You know that's where it stopped, right then and there, because then the remaining paragraphs, the most updated paragraphs, were on on John Dorsey and Baker Mayfield, were, this could work or it could blow up in their face like every other grouping has ever done. I think... The biggest issue I have
0: with it is this is all part of the the same storyline we talk about. I'm not saying, oh, woe is us? Why won't anybody talk positive about us? Um, you know, I don't like seeing these negative stories about Cleveland. I, I know they're going to come, and if they're warranted, they should come. See what you see and talk about it. That's what we're trying to do. It's all it, but it's. I think my big issue, and I could rant on it, but I won't right now because we've done that in the past with other people. Is see what's going on. And talk about it that way. See the see reality. Some a lot of people are either on one side or the other, either too gung ho or too negative, and they are just stuck in that narrative, in that bias, and they can't get out of it. They can't find themselves in a sense of reality. When you need when you're going to talk about something like this, and yes, yeah, sports in the grand scheme of life may not matter so much, but it matters to us, and it's what it's kind of our release. You still need to be credible when you talk about it you still have to have a, a bring a reality check to it and try to reality check yourself i i know i do that when i when i read the story i try to reality check myself like don't get so upset because he's talking negative about cleveland like there is real stuff in there and it's a great article if you get a chance it's very good it read is it very good read it look at it but take your own perspective on it and, and even reach out to us on on twitter um you know, on Facebook, when we kind of post our pod, let us know what you what you thought about the about the article. I'm just saying, let's make sure that we reality check before we it's almost the same thing as when you tweet. Think before you tweet Think not a, before you talk. Not
1: everyone can be the voice. It's true. It's very true. That should be our tagline. man. I like it. Not everyone, I, like I like it. it. See, we're getting better and better as, as it's, we, what, it's what we gotta do. But as, let's move on from that. Okay. You know, the, the Wickersham yeah. piece, you know, fantastic. Go and read it. ESPN.com. You can find it pretty much anywhere right now. But moving on but, from that. Before yep. we do, have you sure. ever
0: have you ever heard of Seth Wickersham before this story? Not really. He's a senior writer. Yeah, not uh, sure. Sure. I, yeah, sure you are. Like when you get to the senior <laughs> writer status, don't you have to be like in there for a while and like I guess maybe he brought out I, the Patriots story last year. I think right. he had a hand in, but I didn't hear his name as much attached to that. Mm-hmm. I found that part odd as well. I just wanted to bring that up. Like, gonna look into more of his stuff because oh, he can sure. he can write and he can research his yeah. stuff for sure. Whether I agree with him or not, he is someone to look up to if you're trying to get into the writing aspect of the the business. I just found it odd that you know now he's kind of getting a name and he was all over SportsCenter and never seen him before, and it said senior writer. I don't know.
1: Yeah, just, senior writer can mean so much. I mean, yeah, you know, they're not going to so. say junior writer. Nothing against you know? them. Just <laughs> so, I, I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, but but moving on from uh, Wickersham bomb that you know got released yesterday, uh, we are going to be going on to well, what happened last weekend? Yeah, uh, with uh, some of the games. I know that you were not as happy uh, for the later uh, game. I was in the middle of texting you, and I guess uh, I wasn't happy
0: in either. It, but yeah. the the first one I could. I could deal with the reason I wasn't happy with the Rams Saints game was that call at the end. And I, that how was, do you miss that call? That was gonna be my rant of the week. The NFL officiating is getting worse and worse. We saw it affect us so much early on in the season, especially from game one with that Miles Garrett hit on Ben Roethlisberger that wasn't wasn't rough in the passer, and they called it. Tom Brady got well, got a rough in the, the passer call that like or, or, barely got hit know, in his for chest. Yeah uh, for
1: the Browns, you know, whenever we sack Derek Carr, the ball gets fumbled and easy return for the touchdown would have sealed the deal and then, you know, of oh, course they, we don't get that. And when they blow they blow the whistle dead. Blow the whistle dead. There yep. is
0: so much inconsistency and the NFL has a big problem on their hands this offseason that they're gonna need to correct. I know they're talking about trying to
1: Replay, get every video year, review. Every year the NFL has some sort of issue going right. on, whether it's kneeling, which whatever, however you want to deal yes. with that, okay, fine. You got the kneeling. You had what was last year? Oh, the catches.
0: Oh, catch rule.
1: The catch rule. They you know, really simplified that either? They, they did simplify the catch rule. As, as long as the ball doesn't hit the ground and bobble, right. it's a catch, which is how it should have been done. Like for one year was we a, had no idea what a catch was. There was a couple catches
0: in that there, Patriots game that were that like, were
1: questionable. Called
0: one way. Right. Could should have gone the other, like I saw it the opposite way.
1: But you could make a case for all of them. Right. You know the Jesse James catch of of a season ago <laughs> against the Patriots where he literally cupped the ball you on the, the ground. Steelers? Yeah yes. Yeah. Against uh, the Patriots against the Patriots, yeah. yeah. Whenever he cupped it I me, mean, it was the go ahead score yeah. ended the game or would have ended the game. And mm-hmm. that's not a touchdown. Like I don't understand that, but the uh Trey Burton cat or I'm sorry, Zach Ertz catch in the end zone for the Patriots is a catch and you know, it, it, whatever. It, right. Doesn't matter. But that but was the issue last year, year. Every year there's a new thing that goes this on. This is a big one, though. This is a huge one. And I don't know how you're going to be able to fix it unless you want to throw, uh, like, your challenge flag, if you want to challenge that. It, I, it's such a bang-bang play. Though. That wasn't bang-bang. No, it was That wasn't. was clearly bang-bang balls there and that's the exact play <laughs> now, that, that's the exact play that the nfl is
0: trying to get out the guy is right. launching himself like a torpedo with his head first and he admitted after the game they find the guy now they're talking about making pass interference a reviewable play but that doesn't add any solace to the new orleans saints fan nothing against the Rams who played a great game as well but that doesn't give a, that team any solace i understand that they had other chances to win and, and Players have been diplomatic they, about they still it for got the most the ball
1: part. Back. They they kicked the field goal. They went up twenty three to twenty. You got to stop the Rams. That's right. what you have to do if you want to win this game. You have home field advantage. You stop the Rams minus Todd Gurley mind you, right. how do you not stop the Rams then? It, that, that's your one goal it, is you have a defense that since I think it was week four, mm-hmm. that defense has been locked down.
0: Now they did lose their interior line a little bit. Sheldon to, Rankins, to, to yeah. Sheldon Rankins to injury. But a case could be made there that if they get – that would have, been a, would have been a first down and the Rams only had one timeout and you could I, have – you. The clock would have been down to the I point get it, of but
1: then you still get the ball in overtime and Drew Brees you know throws the interception, got hit in the face and threw the interception. Yes. But nonetheless, that's which that that's football. That's football, baby. Which I, for us bigger Mayfield fans and
0: Browns fans, that just shows that even the best when there's pressure in their face. For the draft analysts, they always talk about, well, this guy doesn't do too well when pressure's coming in his face. Does any quarterback do that well? No. Uh, Tom Brady future plus, hall of famer first ballot Drew Brees
1: just threw a pick when it, with pressure in his face. I mean, there was a stat this year that Tom Brady is the statistically worst quarterback in the league when you put pressure on him. He's the greatest quarterback of all time and you throw pressure on him. Yes, and you throw pressure <laughs> on, on him and then yeah, he's going to crumble a little bit. Yeah. That's what a lot of quarterbacks do. It just happens sometimes, you know, exactly. Drew Brees gets hit right up the middle, and then he throws a, a, an erratic pass. Right. One of the very few erratic passes that he has ever thrown just so happens to come in the NFC Championship game at home with, uh, you know, with everything on the line. Right, and I mean, I guess I
0: had a slight rooting interest just because uh, like we talked about last week family ties to the yep. to the New Orleans area being creole french uh, french spanish kind of mixture there on my mom's side of the family but i don't i didn't care who won it's just the bigger issue is nfl review your officiating look into this because there are some good ones out there but they've there's been an influx of some new ones look at your training program too for these officials and try to if you're going to clarify a catch rule clarify every rule so there is consistency across the board and vet out the ones and punish the ones, discipline the ones. It's a, it's a work environment. Discipline the ones that are not doing their job correctly. If we did something like that, if we missed a call like that, or did something to that degree in the jobs we have, what what's gonna happen? Immediately. Yeah. Most likely gonna be fired. It took a while before they fired one of the guys officiating a Browns game this year. The what was it, the Los Angeles Chargers game where that false start, the yes. guy that missed that call who should have been on that, he had missed other calls so it was he kind ended of up up. his job, yeah. But in just one of those would equate to something serious in a regular job, and you'd be fired for it. So NFL, you got some serious problems. Now, of course, those games did lead to the fact I wasn't happy with the Patriots winning either. Blah blah blah, whatever. Not going to affect me. It was a rough game for you. We will talk next week. We will give our official Super Bowl preview next week. Just kind of initial thoughts, though, as we as we kind of wind down here and kind of get into the last little bit of our podcast this week.
1: I think that this Super Bowl isn't gonna be anywhere near as fun as what I was hoping for. Are we allowed to call it Super Bowl? The Super Bowl? Or yet or do we have to use big game? I don't I, I never understand
0: the rules for who can who's only allowed to use big game and who can say Super Bowl. I'm pretty bowl. sure We're okay. podcast. All we're, right, we're gonna do it.
1: As, yeah. I don't care, we're doing we're, it. We're a podcast. We're, we're gonna do it. Doesn't Super matter. Bowl Super this this. <laughs> this bowl Brown. Um Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> This was the worst Super Bowl of the bunch for me. I did yeah. not want to see the Patriots versus the Rams. I didn't want to see the Rams. Period. Really? Why is that? Just quick. Just quickly. We'll get into honestly more next week, but. because I think Jared Goff is a mediocre quarterback right now. I think that he five years from now this would have been a sweet Super Bowl. Oh yeah. You know, but. Jared Goff to me right now is in that twelve to eighteen range for quarterbacks. A toss up on who you want to throw out there, and Todd Gurley's not healthy. It, that's that's what it boils down to. So
0: lucky for him, he is two weeks though. I, they're going to do as hope, much treat. They're going to do as much treatment as hopefully possible. Hopefully,
1: he's healthy because that's the only way that they have a chance against the Patriots right yeah. now. And Tom Brady is Tom Brady. I I wanted to see the Saints versus the Patriots and yeah, I wanted Patriots to see win so that Tom well,
0: Brady feels like he wants to or you know. the
1: Saints win. And then he has the leg up. You could say, I mean, yeah, sure. Brady has mm. five rings to Drew Brees is two at that point in time. But Drew Brees has two rings and literally every record in the book. It would have made a much more compelling case. But of course, I don't get what I want. And I'm stuck with Jared Goff versus Tom Brady, and we kind of <laughs> all know what's going to happen. And you try to call me down last week by saying, "Well, the
0: Patriots get in and they win. Maybe that means that Tom Brady will walk." I'm starting
1: away. to think that that's not going to happen.
0: I yeah, that's exactly why I didn't. Yeah, I didn't take to that. That didn't calm me down much at all
1: this that week. My bad, Kevin.
0: It's all right. But <laughs> kind of closing out here, last few minutes here that we have yeah. together this week. What is your Rant of the week, Nick Paulus.
1: Oh, the rant of the week. Jesus, we well, last week I did tease you last week. Last week, uh, after your wonderful rant, which went on for a minute, and sorry, it, no, dude, that was it was good. It <laughs> was right. real yeah. good. Good, but I wanted this to week see, we got baby sharks. I don't know how this one's going to be. <laughs> now we got baby shark. Now my rant of the week is: How in the hell does the NBA allow the Warriors to play anybody? I don't know what. Why on God's green earth is Boogie Cousins allowed to sign a $5 million deal and play with the Warriors starting four that they had? The only down thing about the Warriors before was that they never had any centers. Preach. That was the only down thing. Yeah, sure. They throw Kevin Durant at the you know center spot during the game, and then you know whatever he can do, whatever he Which wants. Positionless basketball. Exactly. You know. Oh yeah, throw Andre you know down there as the three. Move Kevin to the five, and you know yeah, okay, go from there. But they're unstoppable now. There's talk. There was talk on Get Up this morning with Mike Greenberg talking about does who, the Eastern Conference All Star starters who do you take? Who a, do you take in that matchup? Now, did they do just one game, or did they do a seven they, game series? Well, they, didn't matter. Which which way did they consider it? The, the, the way that they said it was that they said series. Okay. And, and series. To me, series first, you definitely have to give it to the Warriors because they're one together. Game, the, uh, one game, anyone could do anything. Right. And, you know, it, it could be I'd game seven East, all over again. I pick the East All Stars in one game because it, maybe, maybe, but you're looking at it from the standpoint, and and I have the Eastern All Stars right here. You have Giannis, you have Joel Embiid, you have Kyrie, you have Kawhi, and you have Kemba. So Kemba against Steph. Changing who do the you guard got
0: right there? In yeah, the
1: NBA. That's what that shows. Yeah, who do you got right there? Steph versus Kemba. Obviously, Steph. Steph. Clay versus Kyrie. Kyrie. Really. Kyrie. Okay. Kyrie. As, Even though he can't
0: defend. Clay's Clay's overrated as a defender. And he okay. just he just stands out there on the three point line to shoot. He's not doesn't do too much else. Kyrie has got one of the best offensive games in the league. As crazy as his mind is now when he talks, okay. Kyrie is still
1: one of the best young players in this league. See, and I'm going I'm going with Clay. I think Clay right now is almost as unstoppable of a force as there is out there. The dude just catches releases like there's nothing. Right. You know,
0: Kyrie's. I would say. They're not fully dimensional as NBA players. I say, Kyrie is more multi-dimensional in the NBA game than Clay is. Okay. And Clay, the rest of the dimensions for Clay are overrated.
1: Kawhi versus KD. Huh. I'm going KD. I'm going
0: KD now. That's a closer matchup. Than it, it's
1: it's closer than it probably should be, but I'm going KD. Not just for the experience and everything like that. They both have, you know, uh, finals Kawhi without the diva status though, I'd take Kawhi.
0: Now that Kawhi's kind of like forcing his way around the around the league right now and could be going to LA. Basically, what people think of with an NBA superstar, that's what Kawhi has changed to. Got out of San Antonio, which you don't really see very often. Yeah. I'd take the the original Kawhi, not this version okay. of Kawhi. Maybe.
1: Yeah, but yeah. right now I'm taking KD.
0: Yes, right now I'm taking KD.
1: And then you have Draymond versus, let's say let's say Giannis. Is that fair? Giannis Giannis at the four? Giannis. Okay, I'm, I'm taking, taking Giannis, Giannis still. You taking Boogie or Joel? Take, I'm taking Boogie. I'm taking Joel. I'm taking Boogie, and it's not even close. Because a healthy Boogie Cousins could dominate anywhere he wanted I mean, to. If we're looking
0: at right now, I'm taking I'm taking Joel Embiid all day because Boogie's not healthy and like he's now. getting himself well, in trouble in the game. Uh, re- he's sure. getting technical foul still, he's yeah, getting feet he, he fouling out. That. He does that but right.
1: Joel does the same sort of stuff. Right. I but, mean, but you look, can look, rely
0: look, on Joel Embiid longer in the game than you can. Can you?
1: Yes. Can you? Yes. Dude's missed how much time? He has a I'm bad back already.
0: Ab- I'm talking about when he is there on your roster playing in the game, right. he is going to last longer in the game than Boogie will. Boogie can get himself out right within now, the give, first give five it minutes. A month.
1: Give it a month. Give it a month and, and see what happens. I'm telling I'm you right now, it is it is completely unrealistic, the, the the lineup that the Warriors have right now. Right. And it boggles my mind that... But I'd still uh, take
0: Joel Embiid over... Uh,
1: okay, okay. But I'm, I'm taking the Warriors over that Eastern Conference team. I just am.
0: Yeah, in a series, you'd have to say Warriors, but yeah, the fact that they get to, the fact that they can have uh, basically an all star starting five as their starting five, I'm not sure what
1: the NBA thinks is going to happen. I'm I'm just waiting for it to blow up. I hate every freaking moment of the NBA season this year. Not only do my camps suck. Have you watched that oh, much? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I've watched enough to know that I hate life right now. No, I mean, like,
0: <laughs> that, what? I'm saying, like, I haven't watched a lot. So I I, I'm saying, like, I've have watched, you
1: watched? I've watched enough. I've, I, I've watched like, enough, but. I've, I've watched enough to know what's nowhere, gonna all going to all go down.
0: Nowhere near yeah. what we used
1: to. Well, not what we used to, obviously. I mean, it's because, you know, the Cavs suck, and the NBA isn't as diverse as what it probably should the, be. The last time LeBron left,
0: though, that first year when the Cavs sucked, I watched a lot more Cavs games. Even though they lost 26 in a row, I th- they may have been more enjoyable to watch, but at least presented a better basketball product. And I was more willing to watch the rest of the league. I can't watch the rest of the league because it's pretty much predetermined, and the Cavs suck even worse than I knew that they were going to tank. But the fact that you're getting blown out by 20 points or more every game, and making it unwatchable. I can't watch it. I can't watch it, I, I can't watch it now
1: that Boogie's back and Boogie's balling. Oh, my God. And it, everybody everybody
0: nationally is eating it up. Like it's oh, of course. It's some great thing.
1: I don't understand. Boogie said it a couple weeks back. Boogie, you know, came out and, you know, did his whole, you know, hey, I'm coming back to her sort of thing. And he was saying that they are the most hated team in the nation. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, what about the Yankees? What about the Red Sox? What about the Dallas Cowboys? What about, you know, a lot of these different teams that you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't like them. I freaking hate the Warriors. Maybe it's because they the stole, you know, championships right from us because they signed KD after going 73 and 9, and now they signed Boogie. Mind yeah. you, we don't have LeBron here, but I don't want to see you doing well at all. Just shows the impact of LeBron. The Warriors are the biggest evidence of
0: how great LeBron is without all the stats that people need to compare him to Jordan and stuff, because it took LeBron to get them to sign KD. They went 73 and 9 had the best winning percentage in the regular season. LeBron beats him, comes back from 3-1 deficit, beats him, and then they start adding all this talent because they didn't have enough. You had enough, you just you couldn't handle it. You just couldn't
1: handle it. Yeah. You just couldn't handle it, and KD's a snake. That's exactly what it is. And, it and, boogies,
0: and boogie's an even bigger snake. And if anybody wants to ask how, Le- how great LeBron is, look at how much people hate the Warriors and what they've accomplished and what they're doing right now. That's <laughs> I can't
1: stand those dudes, man. Dude. Like every day, I see Steph Curry chucking a three pointer from half court. Like, I just want to go over and kick him. I don't want to, you know, really hurt the guy. I just want to kick him. Yeah. You know what? Right in the shin. Gold
0: star for the rant on <laughs> Voice of the Land podcast goes to you, Nick Paulus. Mine was a little weak with the NFL officiating. We're good. Yours yeah. was A plus stuff with the Golden State Words. <laughs> but that is going to wrap it up this week on episode eight for the Voice of the Land podcast. Hopefully everybody has a great weekend. We will check you guys next Friday. For Nick Paulus, I'm Kevin Arnold. Maybe some of you will check out the Royal Rumble. Maybe we'll talk about that next week, but that's a little WWE stuff. We'll, We'll get into that next week. Just remember, Cleveland fans, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. We'll see you next Friday.